Thank you, Hank. And um, thanks, uh, yeah, for asking me to speak. Um, I didn't realize that I was going to read a passage from the fellow travelers. I mean, I w- I'm going to speak on fellow travelers. I didn't know that I was going to pick a passage from that part of the book um, just because I haven't been to this meeting in a stretch. So, but I opened up that chapter. Is that reading part of my time for sharing also? Just curious. So, and it's a 10 minute share? 15 minutes. It's 15 minute share. Okay. Yeah, my name's Jared. I'm an ACA. And, um, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd earmarked some other things in the book to sort of pick up, but, um, I guess like, is this is also the first time I've ever shared an ACA. <laughs> um, I've been in this, I've been in this program, I guess for, you know, I came briefly in like 2017 for a few months and then I started coming again in earnest in the spring of this year. And, um, uh, you know, I definitely ID as uh, an ACA, an adult child of um, my my immediate my parents were not alcoholics, but um, uh, you know, I grew up uh, um, in a Baptist home with a very religious mother. Um, I think I fall under the category of spiritual and religious abuse, spiritual abuse for sure. And, um, you know, as a, as a gay child in North Georgia in a Baptist home and basically a Baptist community, um, uh, could have been manageable. I mean, like my next door neighbor, um, she and I were inseparable and she came out around the same time I did. And she went to the same church I did and her parents were good friends with my parents, but, um, she had different parents than I had, you know, um, and she, I would say that she does not ideas ACA. She's like, I'm kind of sometimes baffled by it. We're still friends. I'm baffled that, um, how she participates in life. And, um, and, uh, sorry, I'm just going to change this view really quick. Um, um, and, uh, you know, she had a dad who um, was so wonderful. He was a town doctor, and uh, he was basically my surrogate dad when my dad wasn't around. And um, and when she went to her dad and asked him about sort of the doctrine of the church we were in and there being like sort of only one way to salvation and only like a very strict um, sort of way to live, um, she went to him maybe at around 12 or 13, And he said to her, you know, don't take it so seriously. You know, there's many ways. And, uh, you know, I don't actually believe that, you know, what they're saying is like, there's only one way. So don't take it so seriously. She told me that as an adult when I was asking her about her experience. And um, the other, um, my experience in my home, like I had a mom, if you've ever seen the movie Carrie, you know, Carrie White's mom, (laughs) it's like sex obsessed and like, um, like if Carrie's mom was like a 10, my mom was about a seven. And, uh, and, you know, as, uh, through the work that I've done outside of the rooms and even inside the rooms, like at this point, it's really easy for me to do a blameless inventory, which feels like such a relief. Um, because for a long time, I couldn't think about these things without being completely enraged. And, um, but, you know, I know what she got, she inherited, I know where it came from, 
and I understand like what was going on for her when, you know, I was, when my sisters were becoming sexual and when I, the youngest started to express my sexuality and, um, but what I received was really difficult and, um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it, the shorthand for it, I guess, was like a lot of sexual shaming and sort of like abandonment of affection. And then, um, an ex-gay counseling for, um, three years. And then when it was time, when I was 17 and decided I wasn't going to go to that counselor anymore and that I wanted to go to like actually support group for, um, like gay youth. Um, she, like had a really hard time with that. When I decided I was going to leave home for college, she like drew a circle around my hometown with like a 200 mile radius and told me that's how far I could go. And um, I said, I'm going anyway. And I left North Georgia and went to New York and she went into like a deep depression, lost a lot of weight. And um, it just sort of like the, the emotional enmeshment and attachment there. Thank you. Was like, really, thank you. Was really severe. And, um, for a long time, it sort of like was hard for me to, like, I could talk about all those things in really anecdotal ways. And like, isn't this crazy that this stuff happened to me? And look how, like my, my ability to, um, to get through life was based on, um, like presenting the, the coolest, most armored, most um sort of uh i'm over it self that i could and um you know that included lots of drugs and alcohol and then when i got sober it included like being super recovered and um and like following a structure that was presented to me and um and being really comfortable in a sponsor sponsee relationship where a sponsor was like this is how you do it. And so I'd do it by the book. And like, I had this relationship with the steps. It was like, I was just doing assignments and it actually got me pretty far. And like, I would do service and it was like, my life changed a little bit, but like the, um, like it changed a lot actually, but the feelings inside, like, um, the torment and the feelings inside were still really pretty brutal, um, at times. And, uh, and it was so hard to identify actually like what was wrong with me um, or what the problem was. And um, I'll, I say that um, I just felt like at the, I felt like I was at the mercy of my perceptions of other people's expectations. And the bigger my life got or the more that I was seeing, the more debilitating it was to try to sort of navigate what everyone else wanted of me, whether they were expressing that or not. And, um, and there's this, I'll just read one of the things that I earmarked here and it's in chapter seven and it's sort of, um, the term adult child does not mean that we live in a, in the part in the past or that we are in infantile in our thinking and actions. The term means that we meet the demands of adult life with survival techniques learned as children. Before finding recovery, we suppressed our feelings and were overly responsible. We tried to anticipate the needs of others 
and meet those needs so we would not be abandoned. We tried to be flexible or supportive of others as we denied our own needs. We monitored our relationships for any sign of disapproval. We tried to be perfect so we would be loved and never left alone. Or we isolated ourselves and thought we needed no one. Um, Then there was this... Yeah, I mean, I guess that's just like that for me, what that translates to is like, and, and, and it was so helpful for me when I started was doing step one with my fellow travelers. And it was so clearly defined, like my life is unmanageable when I'm focused on others. And for me, like that focus on others is the constant monitoring to seeing like the mirror of, am I, am I validated? Do I have value? Am I safe? Are you going to leave? Are you going to disapprove? Or it's like the hypervigilance around that was, is, can be debilitating and like, or was, is debilitating for me. And, um, and the critical parent or the critical voice, the critical parent in me definitely most often just shows up as, as a feeling um, rather it's like, I think my body just subconscious, just shorthands the voice and it's just, it's a feeling. And, uh, whether I want to call that like toxic shame or, uh, you know, um, intergenerational shame, I don't know, but it's like shows up as a feeling. So when I'm in this sort of hyper-focused outside myself, focused on others, um, and there is a sign of danger or conflict or rejection, that feeling is like I'm going down a drain. It's just like sinking. And um, and often it's like I should really give up or there's like a hypervigilance to sort of overdo to make sure that I'm safe. And um, that's how this shows up for me. Um, and uh, one, of, <laughs> one of the many ways it shows up for me, thank you. And, you know, fellow travelers. <laughs> is the tool that I wanted to speak on. And I have two of them and it took me, um, it was so, it was so, um, wonderful developing that and finding them. Um, it was through another program that I was talking to these two people and they realized they were starting the, the, um, ACA steps and we formed a group and, um, it's, uh, with two queer women, which is like, um, I just want to express my gratitude for, um, uh, queer, non-cis male people <laughs> because they are like super guides in all of my programs. Uh, it's like, a, it's like a very useful, um, like combo for me really works just because there's, uh, it just is a very safe space to talk about all the things I need to talk about. And, um, and it was really uncomfortable, like not just having a sponsor, um, because it sort of, it has really like put the, um, sort of the focus back on me and my experience and this, the, um, doing it with fellow travelers is like, we had to come up with our own structure also. 
And um, that structure is useful, but there's like a lot of looseness in that structure. So there's these gaps when it's actually like we can respond to one another or there's um, uh, we've all finished um, a step or reading a step or reading the step work that we've done. And um, uh, then there's some like open time of just discussion and catching up. And those spaces are not spaces. They're the spaces that like my disease will show up. And um, it's sort of like this practice of um, just being flexible and fluid and working with the discomfort while I'm doing the step work has really, um, is just really healing. Um, and it's sort of like one of the, it's, you know, a very consistent part of my program. Um, I, there are times so far in this program where it's like, uh, when I turn to the yellow book or the step, step book, it's like drinking water. And then there's other times that I feel kind of disconnected from thinking about this, my disease in terms of my inner children and um, having my fellow travelers sort of to be accountable to and show up for each week and the step work to do it's like sometimes i really need that to be motivated and right now i'm in step four we just finished our harms list and um i guess i'm surprised to like how hard things feel because i feel like i'm writing about things that i feel like i've processed in analysis i've been in analysis psychoanalysis for 10 years and going four days a week for several years and there are things in there that i feel like i've so emptied you know and grieved and um understood from every angle and as i review some of these things that have been other fourth steps in this program um the feelings that are coming back are surprising it's not super light and um uh thank you and i don't know having my fellow travelers is just i'm really grateful for that so that might be all i have to share that sort of where i am uh right now and that's sort of as far along as i am in this program so yeah thank hank thanks for letting me be of service and look forward to hearing from you guys